Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. In this episode, I will answer a couple of questions we received for our Ask a Millennial segment. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. Today's questions are... I have a couple of questions that I'd love to hear your perspective on. The first is, what steps should be taken to ensure that our generation has the same quality of life as previous generations? And the second question is, what can be done politically that will provide concrete steps to creating policies that benefit all Americans? These are really great questions. Let me start with the first question and see if we can kind of unpack that. So let's look at the distinction between the generations and what you know, maybe we want to continue from the prior generations and what we like that has changed. So the baby boomer generation, also known as as the flower power generation, are typically people who are born between 1946 and 1964. Generation X, they're also known as the lost generation, are typically people born between 1965 and 1980. And then there is us, the millennials. Obviously, we're born between 1981 and 1997. And I've heard some people say like, it goes up until the 2000s. So real quick, the boomer generation is known for Woodstock, Vietnam, and the civil rights movement. They're called the boomers because at the end of the of World War II, everyone started, you know, screwing again, and a lot of babies were born in this period. So on the plus side, boomers are known for valuing relationships with each other. They value family. You hear of these sweet stories where where love letters are discovered decades later from a baby boomer who wrote to a long lost lover in the war. Um, you know, this generation had little technological advances when it came to communication, so they connected organically through letters and phone calls. Now, on the negative side, they didn't have as much acceptance and equality quality of the diverse groups we see today. They had to fight for that. This generation gave us the ideology of of the American dream. You know, that if you work hard for a company that you'll work at almost your whole life, you'll move up in that company and you'll be able to buy a house, you know, have a car and have a family. But truthfully, the American dream was really only meant for white men who set up the system so that everyone else like women and minorities couldn't gain access to the system. So these are the types of work structures we see in place today. In fact, this model really expands to all structures where we see corporate greed and education, the financial sector, the justice system, and our professional work lives, which is literally crippling the millennial generation. Generation X, they're known as the latchkey kid or the daycare generation because more women at this period were entering the workforce and divorce rates were increasing. So this is the first generation to have kids in a daycare while a parent or parents worked. More of this generation um, were said to be educated than the prior, about 60%. And because of their focus on individual development, they started families later than the prior generations. They were also more tolerant than the boomers. So when we look at the boomer generation, having dealt with the end of World War II. You know, they had babies because their quality of life began improving. People were home from the war and their quality of life was sustained most of the time by simply just one income. Now for the millennial generation and, you know, even for our parents in this modern day, two incomes barely covers the necessities for some and it is not because we are overspending. More so, income inequality and lower wages and the difficulties with, you know, finding the jobs that pay for the expensive education 
certifications we were all forced to get in order to qualify in the job market in the first place. I think in order to have the American dream that the boomer generation believed in and sold us, we have to have equality and fairness in our workplaces. Women still make 70 cents to every man's dollar. How is this even still possible when women entered the workforce more around 1965, the start of Generation X? After 53 years of women working, men are still not over it? Same for minorities, they still make less than their white counterparts. We as millennials have to push for fair, livable wages and equal pay and be ready to call out and hold companies accountable when they do not. Companies care about money. If we withhold buying from companies that make millions or even billions of dollars, but pay their employees low wages, they will be forced to respond and pay their employees fairly. I think what I like about the boomer generation is that they value relationships. And as tech savvy millennials, I think we can do we can do this a little bit more. We need to work on building healthy, compassionate, empathetic relationships. I fear that our reliance on social media to help us make connections will lead to artificial intimacy and might make us feel lonelier and more empty in the long run. Boomers wrote letters to their loved ones because even when they had a family member away, like in war, they looked for ways to keep intimacy alive. We have to evaluate our generation in regards to this. Our generation has more tools to connect with people, but but we're lonelier, and that is evidenced by how we are plagued by mass shootings, drug overdoses, and suicides. I think there are many reasons for these issues, but I, sus I suspect that the artificiality of the worlds we create online or on our social media platforms are not satisfying enough for us, that we need something more. I think in order for us to have a good or healthy quality of life, we have to have some genuine real-life connections like the boomer generation did. So for every person I take text in the day, and like most millennials, I mainly communicate via text, I will pick up the phone and make at least two calls to two different friends and hang out with at least one friend a week. It gives me the balance and intimacy that I need. Now, in regards to success, I think the boomer generation believed success was defined by a job, family, house, and a car. Although, you know, generation Xers delayed starting families, they still kind of had that boomer ideology of success. Millennials, see, we don't have that stringent view of success. For us, it's happiness, seeing the world, learning something new, or having an adventure. Happiness is not really weighed by things since we can't afford it anyways. After all, we are the generation saddled with student loan debt. So in this regard, I don't want the same quality of life as the boomer generation because it was defined so stringently. I want our generation to continue striving for what makes us content, like starting those businesses, traveling to different places, meeting new and exciting people, fighting for equality and justice for a more fair world. In regards to the second question, what can be done politically that will provide concrete steps to creating policies that benefit all Americans? Now, this is a huge question, probably for those more experienced and qualified than me, but I'll take a stab at some of the things that I would like to see in our nation. First, we have to recognize and acknowledge our role in the political process. The prior generations understood this well. They had the same white supremacist, unjust government. In my opinion, I think that they had it worse since millennials are the beneficiaries of their sacrifices. But they recognized the importance of organizing, getting everyone on the same page, and voting for politicians that respect the rights of all citizens, rich and poor, black or white, citizen or foreign national, everyone. So before we look at our government, we have to vote in the government we want. 
and vote out those who do not advocate for all Americans, which means we need to revive the policies that abolish voter suppression like the 1965 Voting Rights Act. Voter suppression tactics were mercilessly used in 2016 and still even in 2018 by the GOP. And we have to ensure that everyone, no matter the party affiliation, has the right to vote and have their voice heard. So this is my push millennials. From a millennial to a millennial, I know you are all maybe exhausted and completely over these unjust systems of government. I feel, I feel you, I'm exhausted too. But like the prior generations and what we witnessed in the last midterm elections, when we organize and vote, we change government. So please, 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 please don't give up and make sure you are registered. And most importantly, make sure you vote. We really lag behind other generations when it comes to voting, and we need to change that. It's on us, and we especially need to be active for each and every election, especially the local level where our judges, our police forces, and our district attorneys are. Check in regularly so that you can know when the next election and town halls will be held, so you can engage with the local officials and hold your leaders accountable. Also, more millennials need to run for office. I'm really excited to see the new incoming diverse House of Representatives that feature more women and minorities. We have to have a government that represents our interests as well. So if you feel called to lead, whether serving as president or maybe in a local position, run for office. Start a grassroots campaign since many of the newly elected officials won by grassroots campaigns. We need to continue the push for policies that combat the growing effects of climate change. And just as a side note, we no longer need to debate whether climate change is real, like we no longer need to debate if the earth is flat. Science has well proven both, we just have to focus on getting policies passed. Other policies we need enacted that work to end the prison and educational industrial complexes. We need to push for healthcare as a right, not just for the supporting and upholding of the Affordable Care Act, but for all people to have access to affordable, life-saving drugs and treatment like insulin, HIV and AIDS and cancer medication and treatments. Now, I know the roadblocks to many of these policies I just mentioned are rich, powerful, powerful corporations and their lobbyists that pay and influence politicians to ensure that nothing changes and that the old systems of oppression stay in place because obviously they benefit from it. So we need policies that limit the powers of corporations in our election processes. And while we wait for those policies to come into play, we need to divest money from corporations who place greed over the well-being of our citizens. We should also invest more in minority and millennial businesses since, you know, what will always be true is the saying, you know, they that have the gold makes the rules. There is one more thing that we can do now in our personal lives, and this is kind of a weird one, our nation, and this is true for all generations, we seem to have a fascination with hot messes and extremists. So we tend to provide platforms for the people that are the most badly behave and spread hate, or for people who are like shallow and cruel. I can find more documentaries about Nazis and extremists like the Westboro Baptist Church than documentaries for how to rid our communities of their hate. The more we watch platforms of hate with fascination, the more we become desensitized to it and the more normal it becomes to us. That is what they want. They want viewers and need a platform to recruit. Every genocide in history started with an extremist 
with some sort of media platform to recruit. And the more attention they get, the more they use it to spread their extremism. The more times a viewer listens, the more reasonable their extremism sounds. In this new social media paradigm, where racism, untruths, and misinformation are distributed like on steroids, we are going to have to stop giving influencers who promote hate any attention at all. Even if you are engaging them and disagreeing or trying to relay correct information to them, it's still giving them attention. They need attention and they do not care whether it is negative or positive. Because for them, views equal monetary gain from advertisers. So essentially, when you give them any attention, you are essentially paying for their hate. Follow and give attention to platforms whose policies are in line with yours. What is the world you would like to see? Politicians understand which social media influencers that can push their agenda. So ensure you follow the ones whose voices should be heard and stop feeding off of influencers of hate. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.